Welcome to Next Up with NextGen, the podcast bringing you insights and perspectives from the next generation of leaders in the American Council of the Blind. Brought to you by ACB Next Generation. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Next Up with NextGen podcast presented by ACB Next Generation. My name is Greg Lindberg, and I am the chair of the NextGen Publications Committee. Here on this episode of the podcast, we have a fantastic panel of four individuals who are here to discuss how to balance parenting with their involvement in volunteer organizations such as ACB or ACB Next Generation. And I think you'll really enjoy their anecdotes, stories, humor, and insight into parenthood and how to balance their responsibilities as parents with their involvement in organizations. So let's go ahead now and turn things over to the facilitator for this episode, Amanda Selm, who is the president of NextGen. Amanda. Thanks, Greg. I am so excited to be hosting this podcast with four of some of the most amazing parents that I have met uh, through the American Council of the Blind and ACB Next Generation. So joining me for this episode is Rebecca Bridges, Chris Peterson, Megan Meggs, and Matt Selm. And what we are going to do in this podcast is we are going to explore these four individuals' lifestyles, parenting, and their involvement in uh, organizations like ACB and ACB Next Generation and some outside uh, organizations of ACB as well. So what we'll do first is we will begin by introducing all of our guests. And so what we're looking for and their introduction is we're looking for them to introduce themselves, tell us where they're from, tell us, you know, any kind of job titles and organizations they are a part of. And then if you're comfortable with this, how many kids do you have, their ages and their names? And then the final question is, why do you love being involved in the organizations you previously mentioned? So I know that's a lot, and I'll kind of guide you all through answering those questions. So let's start with Rebecca Bridges. Thank you, Amanda. It's so nice to be here with all of you. Um, I live in Northern Virginia, and I have two children. I have Tyler, age nine, and Noah, who's almost four. Um, the, my job title, you know, that's an interesting question for almost 20 years. I worked in management consulting and, uh, most recently digital accessibility. And I was on the management team for an accessibility company, uh, most recently, um, in June of this year, I actually left the workforce to, uh, fully acknowledge my role as chief operating officer of my household. 
<laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, the other day I was just thinking like, what would I, what should I change my title to on LinkedIn? So anyway, if you have any ideas, let me know. And in terms of the organizations that I am involved in, so I've done, I've done a lot of things for ACB over the years, um, including ACB students, uh, scholarship. Um, I've done some stuff with um, the ACB staff and board of directors in assisting with some leadership initiatives and strategic planning. Over time, um, employment committee. There are, gosh, a number of things uh, that I'm forgetting. Uh, my local organization in Virginia as well, I've worked with over the years and held several different roles. And I, outside of ACB, I uh, do some volunteer work at my church. So we're active members of our church. And um, most recently, I'm working with them to do some strategic planning and more specifically some like mission, vision, values work that will drive uh, the activities that we do as a church. Um, and I can use my, you know, project management experience and those types of things, my consulting experience for that. And I also teach in our homeschool co-op. I homeschool my kids and um, I teach in our Bible club at church also. And real quick, why I'm involved in these organizations is that all of these things have had all of these organizations have had an impact on my life. Um, and I feel like it's important to give back and share what skills I may have with organizations that I care about and that I have benefited from um, and that have helped really grow and, and shape me. So that's why I choose to participate. Thank you, Rebecca. And I love that you are the CEO of your household. That is a huge job as a mom. And I, I, I just love it. And I love how active you are, um, in your mom and your role as a mom and, uh, in your roles with your children. And my goodness, I feel like you should be superwoman almost with everything that you have done. So thank you for sharing. All right, next, let's move on to Chris Peterson. Thanks, Amanda. I am in Minnesota. I live in Minneapolis. I have two children, Abby, who is 12, and Elliot, who is three. And in addition to being the president and CEO of a nonprofit organization called Penny Forward, which I'm sure I will bring up again in this conversation, I have also been a little bit involved in ACB um, mostly though, as a member, not so much as a, a committee member or, or volunteer. Um, but I have been a volunteer in other organizations such as the courage handy ham program. And, uh, um, up until about, uh, well, it's actually going to be, uh, another month and a half. Um, I am also a software developer. Uh, working for a company called Thrivent Financial, and I'm planning on leaving my position um, at the end of the year to focus on Penny Forward full time. And I hope that I answered all of your questions. Uh, let me know if I missed anything. Why do you love being involved in the organizations that you've chosen to be involved in? Yes, thank you. So 
I love being involved in the organizations that I've I've chosen to be involved in for a number of different reasons. A lot of it has to do with my personal interests. Uh, I was involved with the Courage Handy Ham program uh, because I've been a ham radio operator since I was about 15 years old. I've always been interested in radio, and uh, I've made a lot of friends and and uh, um, had the opportunity to help a lot of other people through my work and my volunteering with that program. Um, ACB is something that's fairly new to me. I've only really become active in ACB in the last few years, and it's been a way to connect with the blind community in, uh, in a way that I hadn't really had a chance to do earlier in my life. I have to say that while I, I don't, um, I don't necessarily like this about myself. There have been times where I've felt kind of ashamed to be blind, and I've resisted being active in the blind community because I wanted to be "quote unquote" normal and do the "quote unquote" normal things that sighted people do. And uh, so, I looked for activities that were outside of the blind community to do that. I regret doing that now because. I have found so many very capable and talented and, well, we kind of hate this word sometimes, yes, inspiring blind people in the blind community that I wouldn't have known if I hadn't been able to overcome that sense of shame that I felt about myself and my blindness for a number of years. And Penny Forward was something that uh, grew out of a desire I had to make a career change. I have developed more of an interest in personal finance over the last few years and was trying to find a way to uh, uh, to address that in my life. And uh, Penny Forward sort of grew out of uh, casting about, I guess you might call it, to figure out exactly how I would turn an interest in personal finance into a career and a way to give back. And I I do have to say that throughout my life, I've always had a desire to help other people. I've always felt extremely grateful to people who have been in my corner and who have helped me. And whether it is helping somebody develop their career, or uh, I've been fortunate enough to to help place people in, in their first jobs a number of times, or to be able to help people manage their money better or to just help them get their amateur radio license and get on the air and make new friends and contacts. Uh, it feels really good to give back and, uh, and to build the relationships that I'm able to build uh, in addition to uh, being helpful and, and being a, a force for good in people's lives. I absolutely love it, Chris. And I just loved how vulnerable you got a, a few minutes ago when you were talking about, you know, feeling ashamed. I think we have all um, experienced that. And I'm so glad that you found uh, ACB and that you found Next Generation because we um, love your talent and we're thankful for you and some of the other people in Penny Forward. I think it's a wonderful program and I know we'll get to dive more into it later. Thank you so much for sharing. Great. Um, Megan. Hi, thanks, Amanda. Um, I am Megan Meggs. I currently live in San Leandro, California. 
Um, I have a two-year-old son, and I'm currently involved in ACB Next Gen. Um, I'm a member of the fundraising committee and hopefully going to be on the bylaws next year. Um, I technically am a part of our local chapter, but I admittedly am not very involved in that yet. So hopefully I'll be less lazy on Saturday mornings and be more involved soon. <laughs> um, and I literally just like two days ago, I want to say, joined um, GDUI. So I'm excited to learn more about that as well. Um, I really like being a part of NextGen because I've, I've just found it a very warm and welcoming group of people. Like you don't feel pressure from anybody. It's just very supportive and I'm very shy and <laughs> it's just been a very comfortable place for me um i've always felt very included um but never like forced to be in anything just very encouraged to do what what i feel comfortable with and what where i feel my skills are and everybody's always been very supportive if there's a screaming toddler in the background <laughs> so I just really love the people and have always had a good time with everything that I've done. Thank you for sharing, Megan. And, and, you know, those screaming toddlers, it, they're, they're a handful. And I think one of the things that next gen is so good at is exercising some flexibility. We have a lot of parents Definitely. that are, that are on the board and that are on our committees. And I think that's one thing that a lot of our members have been very good at it. just exercising some flexibility and especially patience. So we are so glad you're involved and thank you for saying your very kind words about next gen. And last but not least um, is Matt Selm and he wears many hats. One of them is my husband, but uh, I want to hear um, more from him uh, in the non-husband role. So Matt. Yep. Thanks, Amanda. And uh, hopefully I'll get out of this podcast without getting in the doghouse. All right. So um, my name is Matt Selm, and I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, I work a regular nine to five at a very large insurance company. Um, and that uh, is... A, a job that is ever changing, especially lately. Anyway, um, so we have a seven year old Charlotte and three year old Meredith. Uh, my hats, of course, the uh, first vice president of ACB Next Generation and chair the membership committee and con and bylaws. And I'm also the president of the Kentucky Council of the Blind here in Kentucky and am, of course, involved um, in its various uh, committees as serving as president. And uh, also I'm on the Borough Collie Leadership Task Force and the voting task force for ACB. Uh, I say one thing why I'm, you know, continue to be 
so involved and so heavily involved is I really do enjoy uh, giving back to the organization and trying to help the organizations and its members grow in some, you know, small measure wherever I can. And, um, you know, I, I, uh, kind of in the same, uh, sentiment as uh, Chris was mentioning earlier, I, uh, kind of took a big, long, uh, break in life from, you know, blindness, community, consumer organizations, although I still had, you know, a lot of friends in the visual impaired community, of course. Uh, but, you know, found my way back in or found my way to ACB and uh, through its Kentucky affiliate and have kind of been here, you know, plugging away in one capacity or another ever since. So. Thank you, Matt. Yes, Matt and I actually joined uh, KCB at the same time in 2014, and we were introduced to ACB at the same time. We were actually uh, introduced to ACB during our first convention in St. Louis, and we got to meet a lot of extraordinary people there. And uh, it really does take a village with our two kids, and um, you all will get to hear more about that throughout the podcast. So thanks, Matt. All right. So our next question is, let's talk about your day here. Tell us what a day looks like when you have a meeting. And specifically, what does it look like from the time you get home from work or when you get off of work until you go to bed? And if you don't work, Tell us about your typical day at home and specifically what I'm looking to hear from you as you answer this question is what happens during those meetings and details on how you might prepare your kids for those meetings and any other details you wish to share. So. I love this question and I can't wait to hear your all's answers because I know you all hit that mute button in the middle of a sentence or you'll raise your hand and then you'll lower it. So, so uh, let's see, let's uh, rotate the order a little bit. Let's start with Chris this time. So I'll start out by just briefly talking about what a day in the life of Chris kind of looks like. So I, I tend to get up about quarter after six in the morning and uh, shower and get ready for my day. And I do that because I want to be around for my family for a little bit before everybody goes to work and to school. My wife leaves the house at around seven. She takes Elliot, our three-year-old, to daycare and then goes to work until about five. And so I don't see them from about seven until maybe 5.30 or so every day. Uh, Abby gets herself ready for school and catches the bus at eight. So I see her for a little bit longer in the mornings. Uh, but she also leaves the house before school to take the dog for a walk and, and uh, is busy with other things. So uh, my typical work day is from around seven until sometimes five 
sometimes a little bit earlier than five, sometimes a little bit later, depending on the day. I do have a number of meetings in the evenings because running a volunteer-operated nonprofit like I do, uh, we do a lot of board and committee meetings in the evenings after work, and we also offer um, some classes during the evenings in order to be able to accommodate people who work all day and might still want to take those classes in the evenings. So my typical meeting nights are Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. I try to leave Mondays and Fridays open, if at all possible, for family and for other things. Um, on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday nights, I do my best to leave the hours between 5.30 and 6.30 open so that our family can at least have a family dinner together. I think that family dinners are really important, and I really love the opportunity to sit down with my family and find out how their day was and so forth. And then I might have a meeting for an hour or an hour and a half between, say, 6.30 and 8. And I really do my best to uh, to, to keep my meetings short in the evenings um, to the point where I will try to avoid participating in organizations that, that don't respect that. Um, because I then spend a little bit of time with uh, my wife and with Abby after 8.00. Um, and sometimes Elliot's still awake. He tends to go to bed between 7 and 7.30. So sometimes I miss bedtime because I'm in meetings and my wife takes care of that. Uh, but I do my best to uh, uh, to say goodnight to him before the meeting starts. And if he happens to still be awake when I'm done, I'll, I'll uh, make a point to say goodnight to him um, afterwards. I occasionally have my family present during meetings, although I normally go down to the basement where I have uh, a desk off in a corner and I'm able to have a little bit of uh, quiet. In many cases, I'm I'm running a meeting or I'm running a class, and so I, I feel I need that level of focus. But um, my... Uh, especially Abby, who's older, understands that I'm on a meeting and understands what I'm doing there. Uh, and Elliot is quickly learning, and he will occasionally come down and just play uh, quietly while I'm having a meeting and and uh, play with his toys, maybe watch something on his phone quietly or something, and just just be near me. And I I really enjoy that. Um, and uh, I typically don't have problems with him uh, being too too much uh, of a disruption in those meetings. And I'm fortunate for that because I know that not every uh, kid is is that good. Um, i I think that because Abby is older and because she's seen me start this nonprofit that I run from scratch, essentially, when she was about nine, she has a really good idea of what I do and why I do it. Sometimes she hears me on the meetings. She might walk through the room or she might be sitting and listening to me. 
And I also talked to her about it because I feel that it's really important to to teach not only adults to manage their money well, but I, I feel that that's really important to start with our kids. And and so I take it seriously with my own kids. And she knows that I'm taking that seriously. And uh, and she even knows that uh, um, you know we we don't have as much money as we used to have because I chose to to make this career move and it it isn't as high paying. And those are also good lessons, I think, for kids to learn while they're young, because then she'll be able to to better make a, an informed decision and maybe a conscious decision about what kind of work she wants to do um, and whether she really wants a high-paying job or a really satisfying job later in life. And, and she knows that I've had that struggle in my own life and, and that I'm someone she can come back to and talk to about that. And I hope that as Elliot grows up and that he sees me interacting, not only in meetings, but also in in other things where he's seen me work. I've gone to national conventions. I've gone to state conventions where he has come with and, and uh, uh, been able to see me work. I think as he gets older, I think that that is going to show him that uh, a spirit of of being helpful and a spirit of volunteerism um, and and giving back can be really satisfying. I know that that's something that Abby has learned as she's gotten older. She really enjoys helping where she can. When we go to blindness events, she really enjoys helping to be a, a sighted guide if if somebody needs one or. Uh, um, I forgot to mention that we're involved in things like uh, beep baseball and blind darts. And uh, she learned really early on when we played blind darts and we brought her with us to dart games to help people pick up their darts and in beep baseball, she's helped to, you know, volunteer to, to do things with the team there too. So I feel that it's a really good object lesson for our kids for them to see us doing things that are helping other people that are making an impact in people's lives. And as while they can't understand every piece of it, as they grow up, they'll start to understand more of it, especially if we make a point to try and explain it to them in age appropriate ways and answer their questions and I think it's going to make them grow up to be better kids and, and make a bigger impact in their world when they're adults as well. That's great. Thank you for sharing, Chris. That's, that's awesome. I love how you tied that into your children's understanding of what's going on when you have meetings and other things happening. All right, let's go to Megan next. All right. Well, um, my Pretty much my everyday is my toddler. <laughs> I, I I I am happy and lucky enough to be a stay-at-home mom. So I get up when he gets up, and I go to bed when he goes to bed because he doesn't want to sleep in his own bed right now. Um, so he sleeps with mommy and daddy. Um, I love being a stay-at-home mom. Um, I am also lucky enough that my meetings right now are um in the evenings um on Sundays usually sometimes we'll have other 
specially scheduled ones, but I'm able to have them generally speaking when it's normally daddy Caden time um, because my husband works full time. So when he gets off work, that's usually time that, that, that my son and he get to spend together anyway. So when I have a meeting, I try to make sure that I've got, you know, the AirPods charged and everything. And then I've played with, with the kiddo and given him enough attention throughout the day, obviously. And tried to have some supper ready or at least something easy to do so that um, when it's meeting time, I can come back in the other room and just kind of have meeting time and they have daddy's fun time. And sometimes, sometimes you can hear him playing in the background with daddy and sometimes he'll run back and say, hello. <laughs> if I don't get it muted, then everybody gets to hear him say hi. Um, since he's two, he has no idea why mommy's sitting back talking to her phone. But um, it's it's been a very good, very good uh, circumstances for us. My husband's been very supportive of it, and um, I feel like I'm forgetting something I was supposed to say. But uh, when we've had when we've had meetings that I've had to do that are during the day, then you you might hear me. Hold on a second, I've got to get the kid the kid out of the dog food or that sort of thing <laughs> but luckily um he's a really good kid and that's not usually a problem because I'm lucky enough that most of my my meetings are when my husband is also home so I've been very lucky that way nice thank you Megan for sharing um and it's okay if the kids are screaming in the background that's what Mew is for and you know I think sometimes some of the funny things kids say um, lighten up a meeting. All right, next let's go to Matt. All right, so a uh, typical day for me, uh, probably get up about 6.30, 6.45, and uh, kind of get ready for the day. Um, Charlotte leaves for school. Right at 7.30, so, you know, we try to have uh, everything uh, prepared ahead of time so we know where, you know, like her lunch and, you know, her, you know, whatever whatever she's going to need to walk in the door with her backpack. We, we try to get all that in a nice little place and kind of prompt her to, you know, put it where it goes so we're not scrambling looking for it in the morning and tearing the house apart. Um, and I start work at seven forty-five, and, you know, work all day, get off about four thirty ish ness. Um, and then, uh, we kind of get into our evening routine. So on, and I guess I'll start this by saying that, you know, since Amanda, and myself are both involved. You know, sometimes our our conversations start with, 
okay, what do we got going on today? You know, what are our, what's our, what's our meetings uh, look like for today? And generally we, we kind of keep up when we know who's doing what, who's doing when, and that usually tends to work itself out. So in the evenings we, you know, have dinner together and, uh, you know, get the kids through bath and get them ready for bed. And, you know, sometimes we'll do, get them doing a little activity just to kind of wind down for the evening. Uh, usually nine times out of 10 bedtime is pretty straightforward and the kids have already had a long day and they're, they're ready to go to bed. Uh, sometimes not. And that'll definitely bring a little chaos, but that's okay. Uh, I think the thing that we've kind of discovered along the way is obviously if you're running a meeting, that's, you know, you kind of have to lean on each other a little more for support because you're really doing a lot of the heavy lifting as opposed to if you're just participating, you just seem to focus on what's going on and you can kind of, you know, work off to the side doing another thing. We really try to focus on keeping our meetings organized Monday through Thursday and uh, usually there's at least a few days out of the week that we don't have anything at all. But sometimes like this week, you know, one of us or both of us have a meeting every day and that's just kind of what it is. Uh, usually we started about eight ish and again, try to try to leave Fridays, Saturdays free. Uh, every now and then things creep into Sunday and just kind of deal with that as it, as it comes along. So, but it's definitely a lot of, um, a lot of trying to think ahead. And, you know, honestly, when, especially when you have little kids, when they get quiet, uh, you know, something's going on and it's time to go, time to go investigate because troubles a brewing. So, um, you know, definitely have my long list of things that have occurred or things that have happened while I've been on a meeting or getting ready to get on a meeting or something like that, you know, just cause, uh, you know, the, the kids get out of sight and you get distracted and that's not, not a good combination to have. So, all right. I think I got everything, Amanda. You did. Thank you. And sometimes it's not the kids that bring on the disaster because there was one time I was in a meeting and a tornado was a mile away from our house and that had nothing to do with our children. So we literally was just like thrown into chaos there. So uh, you just never know what's going to happen. So, all right. Thanks, Matt. Let's move on to Rebecca. All right. So a typical day for me um, has recently changed again because of my uh, change in role. So, well, the 
elimination of one role, <laughs> I guess. Um, so, um, you know, I get up pretty early, like six ish, somewhere between six and six thirty. You know, I try to make sure that everybody, you know, is fed and happy and what have you in the morning. Um, well, we do that. Um, and you know, that Eric has what, you know, my husband has what he needs, um, in the morning to get his day started and get out the door. Um, and then it's, we really try to focus in the mornings on school. So, um, particularly for the nine-year-old, the three-year-old, you know, spends about five minutes with a school book and then you know, plays, right? Because it's all about play in preschool. We're fine. Um, <laughs> so we just, you know, as he wants to participate, um, he does different activities. And as he doesn't, then, um, you know, I've got different things. So it is a little bit challenging managing the the different things that are happening. Um, you know, you're trying to teach long division to one kid and keep the other one from, you know, painting the wall. Um, but, you know, what you do um so we we focus a lot on that and then the afternoons is a little more open um you know for activities and other other things um an evening um you know we also again i like to have dinner ready when um when my husband's done working um we have we also have dinner together seems to be a theme which is good family dinner is important um my meetings are generally you know, they're, they're also in the evening, particularly ACB things. Um, there are some church activities that we'll do on weekdays. Um, I'm a part of our worship team, so we rehearse on Friday afternoons. And then there's also some other activities that I'll go and meet with people at church over, um, you know, at different times during the week. Um, in terms of, of, how to prepare my children. So if they are, if it's a meeting where, um, where I'm, where there's no one, I think, you know, Matt alluded to the, the idea that, you know, communication with your partner is important and having a support system there is great. And it's great when you have that, um, you know, not all of us do all the time, right? Because sometimes if you're home on your own or you're a single parent, um, you don't, you don't have that, but I think, you know, communicating and, and kind of figuring out who's got what handled, um, is important. Um, when, you know, so in the evenings, again, I have younger children, so, um, they're both in bed right now, for example. So there's really no preparation required. Um, when it's during the day or earlier in the evening, then, you know, they're either with, um, my husband or, um, you know, I will have some activities that they can do while I'm in the meeting. Um, you know, they can play quietly. They can, you know, I try to go to a separate area in my house at least for a time. Um, if, and you know, there's also a question of whether it's a video meeting or not. Um, if I'm on video or presenting, I have different requirements for my children in terms of when they can and cannot interrupt me and where they can be in the house um, when I am in a meeting. Um, and that was particularly true when I was working 
um, it was even a little bit more challenging because you have a lot more, or, you know, in that world, I had a lot more video meetings than I do now. And so, you know, so there are different ways that you, you know, that I can prepare my kids. So for example, you know, we recently, uh, put a sign up, you know, and you can do like, you know, red on one side and green on the other side. And when you're, you know, um, you know, they can, they, when it's red, they can't come in when it's green, they can come in. Um, or, you know, something like that. If particularly if your kid isn't reading yet. Um, so there's, there's that, um, there in, in terms of their, my own kids involvement and participation. So they, they have been to, you know, they're obviously in the church meetings sometimes because we all go to church together. So, and they know all the people there and they enjoy that. Um, and they, a lot of times other parents are around when I'm in meetings. So that, you know, and with other children, right. So my kids can interact with other kids and we're very fortunate in that way. Um, in terms of ACB, I mean, they've always been a part of the ACB family, uh, since, you know, I remember, you know, taking Tyler to the leadership meetings when he was six months old and wandering, you know, carrying him around the room and people literally came and snatched him away from me and <laughs> took him all over the place. And, you know, they've just been a member of the ACB family since they were born. And so it's very natural for them to come along with us and, to to participate and you know if it if they need to be quiet they can be in the corner sometimes you know my my older one as chris alluded to also he really enjoys he has a servant's heart and he loves he loves to help and so i suspect he will be wandering around at some point serving as an official volunteer down the road at acb conferences but in the meantime he loves to if he sees someone walking around he'll go ask them if they need assistance or if he hears someone, you know, asking where something is, he'll go and, and help them. So I think my, you know, like Chris's kids, I think, you know, as the kids get older, they do come to understand what you do and why you do it. And I think, you know, we might get to this later, but I, I do think it's important for your kids to see you um, giving back, um, sharing what you have with other people, contributing to causes that are important to you um, and your family. Um, I think, I think it's important for them to, to see their parents modeling that. Thank you, Rebecca, so much. Um, I loved your responses to that. And uh, I actually remember when Tyler was our little Mike runner, the first time I attended the DC leadership meetings. (laughs) So (laughs) That was so cute. Um, he was just running around. He was our little Mike Grinner in our very first next gen meeting. So we will have to think about adopting him as an honorary member someday. Uh, that, that was just so cute. And he um, he was, I think it was about four or five then. Yeah, about five, four years ago. So, yep. yeah. Sounds all right. Yeah, that's, that's so cute. All right. Share with us how you make your kids feel like they are a priority when it comes to your involvement. Do your children understand what you are doing when you hop on the Zoom meeting and you know, explain how you 
know that. Explain how you don't know that. So let's uh, rotate again and start with Megan this time. Uh, I definitely think that my two-year-old doesn't really know what I'm doing um, to the extent that he just knows I'm not paying attention to him <laughs> and he's not my total focus at the moment because um, he's used to pretty much being able to have my attention whenever he wants it. Um, but he is learning. I've realized like the last few months, um, my husband works from home two days a week and then works from the office three as well. So he's seen um, when my husband works from home, he's, he'll see him like at his computer with the headphones on and he's starting to learn, okay, when daddy has his headphones on, you, you know, can't play with you. So even if we go over and try to talk to him, like he'll say hi, but you're not going to get his full attention. So then you play with mommy. So he's starting to get that when I go in the other room and I have my headphones on and I'm talking to somebody, he can't see that. Okay. I can say hi, but it's it's daddy in my time now. So to that extent, he gets that he's not the focus, but being too, I think that's the extent of it. But I mean, he he's young enough that just you play with him. You, I mean, he knows that he is our priority, pretty much the entirety of the time unless we are out of the room and he's with the other so I think that's really the best I can say at this point thank you Megan uh, yes that that's very important I like how you identified that he understands that he knows he is a priority I love it especially at that age all right, next, let's go to Matt. All right, you're you're gonna have to come back to me. All right, let's go to uh, let's go to Rebecca, and then we'll come back to Matt. Okay. So, one of the things, and I think we've talked about this a little bit um, previously, but you know, several of us have talked about when we typically have meetings. So I think, you know, prioritizing your family is important and your specifically your children. Um, and so making sure that to the best of the ability, your ability that you find a, a fit, an organizational fit in terms of, you know, if, if there's an organization that meets on Saturdays and you're not able to, you know, or not comfortable doing that because you've, you know, carved that off for your family, then, you know, that's a choice for, that you should make. And so, you know, one of the things that we, you know, our children know that they are a priority because we try to, we schedule um, things to the best of our ability around um, our family's needs first. Um, and you can't always do that. And sometimes you need to, everybody needs to sacrifice a little bit, but the children know that they are a priority um, you know, that's one way that they know that. Another way, too, is that even before you get on meetings and, you know, really filling their bucket first, right? So, you know, spending time with them, uh, playing with them, loving on them, you know, talking to them, doing things that they want to do and just, 
you know, filling that bucket so that they feel that, you know, that love and that connection so that when you have to walk away or divert your focus for a little bit, um, you know, they're comfortable with you doing that. In terms of whether they know, uh, you know, what we're doing when we hop on Zoom, I I think it varies. Obviously, I think the three year old less so. Um, he he's he always says, "Mom, why do you have to go to a meeting?" <laughs> he's always saying that, um, but he you know he's pretty good about it, but. Um, I don't really think he understands a whole lot about what we're doing um, from us uh, specifics. Um, I think Tyler, the older one, the nine-year-old, he he has some idea um, because he knows that you know ACB, for example, uh, focuses on you know the, some of the advocacy things that the organization does, and you know the scholarship work we do. Um, you know, for college students, I think he has some level of understanding of, of that, you know, to whatever degree is, you know, appropriate or normal for a nine-year-old. Um, but I, you know, again, I think, you know, it's, it's not, you know, that will evolve over time. And so I'm comfortable with the degree to which I feel like my kids understand what I'm doing. Um, and I just think it's important that, you know, figuring out as parents how to balance the needs of your family with the needs of the organizations that you're, you know, serving in whatever capacity, whether it's a professional capacity and you're getting paid for it or it's a volunteer organization. And and sometimes that balance can be difficult to achieve and takes some time to achieve, and that's okay. I love how real you are about this and how you said that Sometimes this balance takes time to achieve because that's something I want to stress to new parents as they're coming in to an organization like ACB or ACB Next Generation is that just because you don't have it yet doesn't mean you won't get it. And because that's something I had to learn. I had to learn it with one child and I had to learn it with two chi- two children. So um, it really is like a circus, a, a balancing act. So, yeah. Next, let's go to Matt. Thanks, Amanda. So I think the first part of what Rebecca said, I really identify with, and that is trying to fill up your child's bucket, you know, um, really trying to carve out time. You know, for us, a lot of that time to spend with the kiddos is in the early evenings, um, you know, before dinner, I, we play and I go in there and play with them in the room quite a bit, you know, just to spend time with them. And, you know, even two, I mean, at least we haven't found the, uh, if, if we both had to be on a meeting, um, that's when things get, uh, get particularly uh, difficult because really we just have to divide and conquer the kiddos. And so really a lot of that just involves, you know, being responsive to what they need. And, you know, uh, in particular for ours who are uh, little miss independence to the extreme, you know, uh, checking in on them and making sure that they're okay, 
you know, because they will they will do things themselves sometimes before they come ask for help. Like, uh, for example, right now, Charlotte has broken the stem on her little pumpkin that she got today on her field trip. And she's trying to devise a way to reattach the stem to the pumpkin. So I'm trying to help her find some tape so we can do that. So, you know, those sorts of things just being trying to be present and trying to be responsive. Hello, Meredith. And perfect case in point. Oh, thanks, Matt. That was great. Um, all right. Next, let's go to uh, Chris. Oh, I think this is a great question. And I'm going to freely admit that I don't always get this right. I'm not even going to say that I get this right half the time. And I think that's okay because I think that we as a society focus really hard on making our kids a a priority and we feel, to a certain extent, we feel guilty if we don't or we feel like we're judged by other people or other parents if we don't uh, focus all of our attention on our kids. But I read an article from the Washington Post just the other day that was suggesting that that mindset may actually be responsible for a lot of the increase in mental health issues that we've been seeing over the last 20 or 30 years with our kids. As time goes on, our kids are in more and more structured environments. They have less of an opportunity to be independent They have less of an opportunity to learn and to play on their own, either by themselves or with other kids, without that activity being structured for them. What I mean by that is a soccer game that's just organized spontaneously by a group of neighborhood kids is way different from a soccer game that is organized as a team sport and that you go to practice every couple of days. And you actually have games where, you know, the score is kept in their umpires and and so forth. And those um, those informal soccer games or baseball games or games of tag or whatever that kids play with each other, they make up the rules that maybe there's some argument about what the rules are and they need to work out the disputes on their own without our help. Those things empower our kids to be more independent when they get older. And that empowerment makes our kids feel, at least in the opinion of the researchers that were uh, featured in this article that I read, it makes our kids feel more, more powerful and more in control of their own lives and less anxious. So... I'm tying this back to this question because I think it's okay if my kids aren't my full attention or my highest priority 100% of the day. When I'm working, they are my highest priority, but not because I'm paying full attention to them, but because I'm making a living so that I can put food on their table and a roof over their heads and clothes on their bodies. But as Rebecca said, I also show them 
that they're my priority by making sure that I get up early enough so I spend a little bit of time with them in the morning before they leave the house and making sure that I have time to sit down and have a family dinner with them and making sure that I am available to spend time with them in other times throughout the day or throughout the week. There's certainly time that we spend on Saturdays and Sundays together. And uh, um, just like I spend time with them, they also know that mommy and daddy need mommy and daddy time. And uh, when mommy and daddy need mommy and daddy time, whether that's because of meetings or just because we need time to ourselves too, um, the kids know that uh, they are in a sense, helping us by allowing us to have that time. And it is very helpful because we we have a 12-year-old who is essentially kind of our built-in babysitter now. So where the three-year-old may not fully understand what mommy and daddy time or meeting time means, she understands it pretty well and is able to, to help redirect him to a certain extent. And sometimes she's better at explaining stuff in a kid-friendly way than we are because she's closer to being a kid than we are. I love it. And Chris, when you were talking, so many light bulb moments, so many mm-hmm. light bulb moments just hit um, a few minutes ago. One of them, uh, you know, one of the light bulbs went off in my head when you said that a lot of this has to do with some of the mental health issues that our kids are facing. And I was just like, wow. Um, so I really appreciated that you provided that insight because I think that we now live in a world where perfectionism is like on everybody, everybody's plate. And I just want parents to realize they just need to breathe and do their thing and their kids will absolutely resonate with it and respond to it. I think it's very important for our children to see us as leaders doing what we do best, giving back and being a part of these organizations. So, all right. Tell us about any struggles that you have faced when it comes to being involved in these types of organizations. And as you're talking to us about this, what I'm looking for you to identify is how did you overcome these struggles? Do you use any methods of time management and prioritization to assist you? And let's start with Rebecca. Okay, so, you know, when Chris was talking, I got super excited a minute ago about, you know, the the priority issue, right? And so, and I talked a little bit earlier about balancing, right? Um, I think, you know, one of the obvious struggles is, again, like, how do we entertain our kids, right? But the the truth is, we don't have to entertain your children, our children all day long. They can be self-directed. Um, and I've certainly learned that as a homeschooling parent who also worked for three years while homeschooling. For t- I worked full-time more than 40 hours a week and homeschooled and volunteered. And so I know that, 
you know, my, it's not my job. Like we need to free ourselves of the mindset as parents that we have to be the all in all for our child 24 hours a day. All right. So that's like thing one. And I think, you know, Chris, when you were talking about, about that study, the, you know, the research that is exactly like that really resonated with me. I do think, you know, the filling the kid's bucket is important, but then at some point you've got to let them loose and say, all right, you got to do these things. So like keeping your kids busy while you're in a meeting, that's an obvious challenge. Um, I think that some, you know, one of the other struggles is finding, figuring out what organizations are a good fit for your family in the season that you're in. Because, you know, there are some organizations that, you know, when you've got a two-year-old, it makes it very difficult for you to, you know, go to the activities when they are meeting, for example, or maybe it's not an environment that is welcoming to a two-year-old. And I'm not suggesting that's ACB. I'm just saying that that is, that is something that as a parent, we have to think about, you know, can we, you know, can we travel with our kids to these conferences? What do we do when we, um, you know, have these meetings where we go to these, you know, can the kids come? If they can't, what do you do with your kids? Um, you know, is there somebody that can watch them? And I feel like the more kids you have, the harder that is to send them all to grandma's. Uh, right. So, um, you know, I, I think that really thinking through, you know, when you're thinking about how to use your time, you know, the, the 24 hours you have in a day and the, you know, 365 days in a year and et cetera, you know, really thinking about what season of life are you in and what is most appropriate for, for your family? Can you do weekend things? Can you do, you know, is it, is it, do you want to do an organization, you know, that's, you know, political in a certain season? Do you, or do you not, or do you, I, I hope that makes some sense, but I think really thinking about and thinking through like, what is your, you know, mission or vision or values as a family unit? And I've had to think a lot about that as I've, you know, become a home educator, really thinking about, it's not just about reading, writing and arithmetic, right? It's about teaching the whole child, right? So what, why am I doing this? Why am I volunteering? Why am I teaching my children? Why am I volunteering in an organization? Um, and what is my ultimate goal here? And, and you may not know that. You may not, you know, you don't have to say, man, I want to be the president of this affiliate. Because I think that's less important than, you know, what I'm talking about is, does the organization that you're considering serving, how does that align with your current family situation uh, or, or dynamics and ages of your kids and the time that you have available? And how does it align with the mission um, and your, you know, your family values? Does it, is it a good fit or not a good fit? I think those are just in general, some of the things that, that came to mind when you asked the question. And those are wonderful things to keep in mind, you know, not just if you're a parent, but if you are a person that has personal goals and 
I I love that. I love hearing about how you worked through those. That that's wonderful. And it's all about your season in life and what you're looking for. All right. Thanks, Rebecca. Let's go to Chris next. Yeah, so I I I mean, I think there's all kinds of struggles. The struggle that you alluded to before is how do you make sure that your kids feel prioritized as well as as still being able to to be involved in the causes that you care about and and also take some time for yourself because you're important too. And I guess I will will honestly say I don't always feel like I get it right. I learn from every time that I feel like I get it wrong though. And I have learned that even though I may want to be involved in lots and lots of things, I really need to be careful about picking and choosing. I need to be careful to set aside time for my family, set aside time for myself for recharging that's outside of work or outside of volunteering. And honestly, I do a better job at keeping my commitments if I'm very careful with the amount of time that I'm willing to put into any particular cause or any particular organization. And and so um, sometimes I may decide that I'm really passionate about the handy ham program right now. And and I really want to put a lot of time and effort into, into volunteering there. And I may back away from other volunteer gigs in order to do that for a while. And, And when I decide that that I've had enough of that, then I may let them know that I'm going to step away for a while. I'll be back, you know, no hard feelings or anything. I'm not, I'm not upset. I'm not leaving out of, uh, out of a, a lack of passion or anything. I will be back, but I'm going to go and put my energy over here for a while. Um, and then when my, my energy's used up over here. I'll, I'll I'll go back over here. Again, I want to reiterate this. I think that this ends up making me a better volunteer because it's very easy to continue volunteering or or even to continue working in a job way past the point where you're kind of burned out and not feeling it anymore. And stepping away from it and doing something else can allow you to come back and and feel it again. And it makes you a better volunteer. I love it, Chris. I love it. I'm actually going through something like that right now. And um, with another organization. And I, I feel the same way that like when you step away, it allows you to recharge and re- kind of reset why you're you were previously involved, I guess. And, and and then you come back and you're like, wow, I want to do X, Y, and Z. No matter what anybody says, I want to do it. I love it. All right. Now hey, let's Amanda. hear from... Yes. I'm, I'm so sorry. Is it okay to react to something? Yeah, go ahead. Or is that like... So no, it, it's fine. I'm doing it. Go ahead. No, I, I think... I think, Chris, you raise a really important point. And 
you know, about, and I, I alluded to this, but wasn't specific about, you know, the season in your life that you're in. So, you know, I've recently stepped away from some of my ACB commitments. Um, I think I actually forgot about several of the committees I recently served on that I've stepped away from that forgot to mention, but I've stepped away from some of those because, you know, again, it's the, the season in, in your life. And I think sometimes, and it, it, this is a problem in every organization, but I'm, I want to speak to it in ACB um, specifically. There are people who serve on committees for and, and different activities for decades, decades. And there is nothing wrong with that. Praise God for them, right? But I think that sometimes, I mean, there are, you know, it's good because you need some continuity and some consistency, but then there's also burnout or we tap the same people over and over again because we assume that they can or want to do it. Um, and, but I also think it's challenging then because then it doesn't leave room for others to, to come in. And then I also think about, you know, in terms of following through on your commitments, like if I can't do something completely that I've committed to doing that I should not commit to doing it. And I think sometimes we make the mistake of, you know, you don't necessarily need to be the committee chair. You can participate in a different way. You don't have to be the president. You don't have to be on the board. You can just serve in whatever capacity that you that you feel you have the capability for right here, right now. And I think, you know, as leaders, we need to be encouraging that. I think that sometimes in ACB specifically, we we talk a lot about elections and business meetings and all the things that we meet at convention and all we do is we have a big old business meeting, right? And we elect new officers and half of them are the same. Um, and some of them come and they're new because, and they decide to run for vice president like I did for ACB students because I didn't know any better, right? And, and because that's what you're supposed to do. And so I think that as leaders, we should really be encouraging and we should take the time to get to know people as they're coming in and really understand, you know, what their interests are, what their skills might be and work with them to find ways to, to involve them. And, you know, you don't have to be the the president or the VP you can serve in, in other capacities and you don't have to stay forever. My goodness. Thank you, Rebecca. You're speaking to somebody's soul right now. Um, no joke. It could even be mine. I I love this. I love this discussion. Just side note right now. Thank you, Rebecca, for sharing those insights. All right. Next, let's go on to Megan. I, a lot of, so many of the things that Rebecca said really, really spoke to me and resonated with me about how it's, it's really about balance and trying to learn the balance and understanding that you don't have to get it perfect every time and that it can change. Like she said, with the, the season of your life and learning that what you did when you were 20 and single, you don't have to be involved in all of that stuff when you're not 20 and you have a kid and just trying to learn where you are and how much time you are willing to, to spend away from your family to do a meeting to do something for you that's important yes but learning learning what you're comfortable with for your time 
and and learning the time that that your family needs you and I I am so still learning this I I still feel guilty sometimes when my kid is playing in his room happy and I'm not playing with him <laughs> I'm taking a few time few minutes to read a book or something because I I have to remind myself that that's good for him and that he's two now he's not six months old and I don't have to constantly be with him so that's still something that I struggle with is it's okay to take time for me um and I think it is it's really helpful to know though what is also what's going to make you happy for for time for you and learn what's the amount of time that also isn't going to make you feel guilty. <laughs> and then you can change that. Like Rebecca said, you can adjust as you go. And I feel like that's something that I'm trying to learn. Um, up until he was a year, I was a member and I popped into stuff and had fun at socials, but I did not like get involved in anything because I did not feel that I could take the time away from my family that I wanted to take the time away from my family that I would be being fair to any committee at that point because I didn't know how the time management would work at that point and then I learned little by little okay I can do these times of day and it just kind of you learn as you go and one of the things that I I look at when I decide what committee I want to try or that I might be interested in is not just what do I think is the most exciting or the most interesting. It's what, what would fit, like Rebecca said, my, my life right now, my schedule, the schedule that I can make with my husband to help with the kid, what, what would be something that I feel that I would be helpful doing, but I wouldn't be biting off more than I could chew because I don't, I don't want to say that I can do something and then not be able to do it because I, oh, I was wrong. I didn't actually have the time to do this or I bit off more than I can chew. And I signed up for five committees and I should have only signed up for two. So it's, it's definitely a balance and you learn as you go, like Rebecca said, and it's okay if you don't get it right, right away. There's, there's no shame in saying, you know, I need to step back a little bit, like Chris said, and reassess things. And I still want to be involved, but I can't do this right now, or I need, I need assistance with this. And I think that's okay. It takes a lot of strength to be able to admit if you need help and it's also okay like Rebecca said you don't have to do it all either <laughs> that's right you don't have to do it all that's what we need to keep telling ourselves and you know me I have to keep telling myself I can't do it all and that's like something I need to start saying to myself in the morning in the mirror but thank you Megan and you know, I I just love hearing about, you know, your, your mom life and how you feel, you know, how you were feeling guilty about, you know, your two-year-old playing and you know that's good for him. That 
that my friend is is it's really good for you to recognize that it's okay. Okay, you have a whole bunch of parents that will gladly walk with you through that stage of life. All right. Now let's hear from Matt. Well, I'll just say um, with regard to the kiddos, it's definitely been uh, a lot of learn as you go and probably lesson number one is to be flexible and uh, lesson number two is and three is to be really intentional about you know what your what tasks or what things you're devoting your time to and which ones you can delegate out or say no to um and sometimes those are just uh hard things to balance i mean uh you know it's not um it's definitely been a a a long learning experience and i think just for me in particular you know i kind of alluded you know earlier that you know especially when me and Amanda both have meetings, you know, sometimes our kids are in bed and we can cruise along, but, you know, uh, sometimes that just, you know, doesn't happen because they're out of their routine. They want to stay awake. They want to argue or, you know, they just want to fight sleep. And, you know, so we have to find other um, inventive ways to, you know, divide and, you know, make sure the kids are taken care of and looked after and try to keep them on some semblance of a routine, even though things do get out of whack from time to time, uh, like today. So, you know, I think the, the, the big thing that I would really want to impart is that, um, you know, setting really uh, intentional boundaries and really being intentional about your, about your time. It, it always, that always helps. And that took kind of a long time for me to figure out. I mean, there were times when I was working on stuff on the weekends and trying to get stuff done in the middle of the day on Saturday and we had other stuff to do. I just didn't have time to do things. And, you know, there's, I mean, even now from time to time, there's times that, you know, I'm up until, you know, one o'clock in the morning doing things and I got to go to work the next day, you know, and there, it's always a give and take and it's always a pull, a push and pull. And, you know, sometimes you just have to accept that, you know, you're going to try to set standards for yourself and, you're going to try to meet those and you're going to try to say no when you can. And even, even with, even when you think you've thought out everything, sometimes it's just not going to be 
perfect. You know, it's not things are always going to shake out the way that you envision. And, you know, that's okay. I mean, that's just uh, a part of life is that, you know, you just have to be uh, flexible and, you know, be confident that everything will, will work out and, you know, lean on your support systems and, you know, if, uh, you know, lean on your, on your faith, if that's something that's important to folks and, you know, you'll, you'll, if you're, if you're thinking about uh, trying to be intentional, you'll find ways to, to meet your needs and to find balance between volunteerism and your daily life and your kiddos lives. You know, it just, sometimes it just takes, it takes a while to, to get it right. You know, so. All right. Thanks, Matt. I love how you kept using that word intentional. That's a powerful word. That has been a powerful word for me since the beginning of 2023, intentional. And you can be intentional with all kinds of things, with your leadership role, with your parenting, anything. And it's just such a powerful word. And I, I love it. Now, I want to hear your thoughts on why you think other parents feel they can't be involved in an organization like ACB or ACB Next Generation. And then I want you to tell us and tell the audience, tell the listeners what you would like to tell those people that are holding themselves back from getting involved. And so let's start with Matt this time. Well, I think part of being a complete person is not only meeting the needs of your family, but being able to meet the ambitions of yourself as well. And it does take time, but eventually you will find that balance and be able to, you know, meet those priorities. All right. Thanks, Matt. All right. Next, let's go to Rebecca. I think there are, and, you know, we've alluded to some of these previously. I mean, time is one thing. Um, and I think maybe you know, Chris alluded to this earlier about ACB, ACB specifically, like maybe you don't want to be involved in a blindness organization. I don't want to be in the blind biz. Um, you know, and I think, you know, there are a variety of reasons why parents, I think, feel like they can't um, or shouldn't be involved at any given time. And I, I certainly wouldn't want to speculate on what those are. Uh, but I, I think that you know, again, it's about, it's about giving back. It's about showing your children uh, that there is more to life than themselves, right? And there are other people, uh, you know, the Bible tells us that we are to love our neighbor and serve others. And so how do we do that? Well, we give back, we volunteer in our communities, in our churches, 
in organizations that we care about, like ACB. And so I think where there's a, what they say, where there's a will, there's a way. So if there's something that you want to do because it's a personal interest to you, because it's something that your family can get involved in, because it's something that aligns with your values, you're going to find time to do it. You know, we make time for the things that we value. And so if you want to do it, it can be done. Thank you, Rebecca. All right, now let's hear from Chris. Yeah, I don't know that I have a whole lot to add beyond what Matt and Rebecca already had to say. It really comes down to what you feel you have the time and the energy for. But I would say that if you don't feel like you can be involved now, at least consider maybe finding a way to be involved later if that's all you can do. I don't want to pressure anybody into making commitments that they won't feel satisfied with or that they won't keep. But I do want to say that it is rewarding to be able to um, to be able to to build relationships and and to give back, and um, that it also is a really good example for us to set for our kids. Excellent. Thank you. And Megan. I I think at least for me, um, I had to remind myself when getting involved that if you're, even if you're quote unquote, just a member, you're still involved. You can be in, as involved as you want to be or as you have time to be you don't you don't have to jump directly into a leadership role so for example when when our son was a baby i would pop into some of the social events but there was no way i thought i could handle any committees or anything like that like so i didn't like i knew where my comfort level was and that was okay and then as he got older i thought okay i want to branch out a little bit um but by the same token i am i am a member of our local organization but i don't attend every meeting so i think i think sometimes at least at least for me people people like me <laughs> might worry that if you if you get involved that means you have to be able to attend everything. We will always have to be at every single meeting or you have to be a leader or you have to have a huge role and that you don't have to, if that's not what you want to do and that's not what fits your life at that moment, that's okay. Like you can be as involved as much or as little as you choose at that stage of where you are in your comfort. And whatever you want to do and whatever works for you and your family is is good if it makes you happy and if the organization doesn't think you're involved enough i'm not that acb is like that i'm just saying as an example if if something you're involved in doesn't think that you're involved enough or isn't willing to be flexible with you about a schedule or you having to miss a meeting because of your kid, then maybe that isn't the right fit for you. And then you can readjust, but it's just, it's just knowing that you don't have to do everything just because you want to be involved. 
if that makes sense. So, thanks, Megan. That was great. All right, last question, you all. And I I'm so excited that we are at this point because we're going to talk about what you're going to pass on to the parents out there in future generations. So the last couple of things I'm looking for you is I want you to share with our listeners anything that you found rewarding and share why you continue to stay involved. And then the last part of that, as a parent, what is one thing that you have learned while being involved as a parent? And what is one piece of wisdom that you want to pass on to fellow parents? So I can repeat the sections again if you all need me to. All right. And let's start with Chris for this one. I think, as I've said before, I just want you to know that your kids learn as much from watching you do things while they're present as they do from being with you. And that independence and being allowed to be on their own is just as important for their development as you loving on them and making them a priority. So finding that balance to me is is very rewarding and it's good for your kids, their development. It's also good for you to be able to take some time for yourself and to build relationships with other parents, other adults, even other people's kids. Something we haven't talked about too much before is is the influence that other adults has have had on us that weren't our parents, and uh, we uh, we we don't necessarily prioritize those healthy adult to kid relationships that are non parental as as much as we used to. And then just the idea of being helpful to someone, being you know. It, just like it's rewarding to raise your kid and watch them grow up and and watch them learn from you and grow from the things that you're able to give them and the things that you're able to do for them. It's also as rewarding to watch other people, other people's kids, other adults, um, to learn and grow from the things that you're able to help them with or the things that you're able to teach them. Uh, and we also learn from each other so much. I have gone to so many different conventions um, representing Penny Forward, and I've been around so many different blind people over the last year. And I have learned that we have a very vibrant, talented, and capable community that is sometimes a little bit unsure of itself and unwilling to recognize the the talents and the vibrance and and the capability that we have. And uh, so I appreciate having learned from the blind community as as well as as having been able to to positively contribute to it. All right, and one one final thought from you on this question: what What's one thing you would like to Pass on to fellow parents. Um, again, 
being involved in these organizations is I don't want to pressure anybody to to get involved in something that isn't for them, but I do want you to be open-minded to it. Being involved in organizations like this is something that you can um that will help you to set a good example for your kids. It'll help you to um, bring some balance to your own life. And it's going to feel good and rewarding to, to be able to, um, to be able to make a positive contribution in other people's lives as, as well as it's going to be rewarding for your kids to see you make a positive contribution in other people's lives. Excellent. Thank you so much, Chris. So now let's hear from Megan and her thoughts on this. Okay, Amanda, that's a lot. Uh, Let's see if I can try to cover it all. Um, I think for me, what I found most rewarding is kind of being able to have some adult time, if that's a fair way to say it. Um, I adore being a mom and I would not trade it for the world. Um, But I also love having something that I'm involved in for me and for other people. And it's, that's helping another organization. It's helping other people. When I was back in college umpteen years ago, I was involved in a whole bunch of student organizations and I worked part-time for a while before I got married and moved from my husband's job. And I've adored being just a mom, not just a mom, but it's really nice having something else that I can devote some time to that I feel some passion about and to just have time for me and to help other people. And it's not having anything to do with being a mom and having some time just to spread your wings and kind of do your own thing if that makes any sense um i i hope to pass on to other parents if that's okay and i'm still trying to remind myself that that it's it's really okay to take some time for yourself it's good for your own psyche it's good for your kids because they learn to play and do stuff on their own and that they really don't have to have your attention 24 7 and it's okay and as they get older they will learn too to to kind of not lead by example per se but that it's it's important to to be involved in things and they will learn like chris has said and rebecca has said they'll they'll learn by example how to be involved in organizations or groups or things that are important to them and that's good and I don't know I'm I'm still learning these things and still reminding myself of these things so I feel silly giving advice to other people (laughs) so I think that's all I have because I still feel like I'm the the newbie here in a way (laughs) That's okay. That's why you were chosen for this podcast because you are a newbie. So um, we wanted the podcast to represent a spectrum of people that have been involved for years and that are new. So that's why you were here. All right. 
And uh, next, let's go to Matt. Sure. So I think I, you know, get get value out of you know the the work of the organizations, and I definitely see the the long term goal or uh, the long term aim that you know equality and uh, civil rights for the blind and visually impaired in America uh, is not something that's just going to be one overnight it takes a lot of effort and a long time and the movement uh as it were always needs worker bees to make honey um i think again as a as a parent the one thing i do want to pass on is you know over time you'll figure out your boundaries you'll figure out what's what's right for you and for your lifestyle it just it takes time and you know, sometimes you just got to start small and, you know, try a little and try a little more. And you know, before you knew it, you're doing a whole bunch. And sometimes, you know, people start small and they just want to stay doing certain things. And that's OK, too. But everyone's hand in the in the pot or, you know, all the bees buzzing, you know, they all we all contribute to to the same thing in various ways. Um, you know, so it's, it's, uh, important that we stay involved as a group. And, um, you know, it's, it's important that we show larger society that we're capable people just like everyone else's and that you know, we're normal like everyone else is and have all the same problems. And those are things that, you know, we can work together to, to overcome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Matt, for that insight. And it's, it's really good to put that in perspective that everyone is involved, whether they do something small or they do something big, everyone can reap the rewards. All right, now let's uh, kick it over to Rebecca to hear her thoughts. I have just a few. So in terms of the first part of the question, so in ter- what I found most rewarding, so there are a few things. I think serving others and you know using the skills and, and talents and tools that I have um, to serve others and help things you know grow. Um, the development of lasting friendships. Some of my best friends are ACB members, um, you know, and now church members, right? So just those, those lasting relationships and friendships are very, very meaningful. Um, and that's been great. Um, certainly being part of the, the scholarship committee, I've got to, you know, watch people grow up, you know. <laughs> from from college or high school even all the way you know into adulthood and you know getting married and families of their own it's just been fun um that's been very rewarding in terms of things that i've learned um so sometimes less is more i don't always have to be the one speaking i don't always have to raise my hand when it gets quiet 
Like I want to fill the silence, but I don't always have to do that. I don't always have to be the one to go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Huh? I'll answer that. I'll do that. I'll, I'll go and, and, you know, chair that committee. Sometimes less is more. The other thing I have learned, uh, is that, you know, we talked about, you know, children knowing they're a priority, but also knowing that there are other things going on in the world other than themselves. And I think the same is true. In, so in an organization, if you choose to volunteer or, you know, you're considering it, don't just wait. It's like when you decide, man, I'm not ready to have kids. I don't have enough money. I don't have a, a good enough job. I don't have a, a, you know, whatever kind of such a big enough house, right? It, you'll never be there. You will never find, like, don't just look for something that you're not going to find something that always, that perfectly aligns. Like, oh, I love all the people. I love all the meetings we have. I love the time of our meetings. I love the, like, sometimes you need to adapt. And, and I think that's really important because when you're working with others, um, you know, that's really key. Being a good you know, a good coworker, a good volunteer, a good friend, um, uh, you know, a good servant leader, right? So, you know, you don't just, just because, you know, I think sometimes, particularly as younger parents, and, you know, in, in some ways, you know, next gen really came out of some of this is that, you know, as an example, sometimes, you know, you sort of, you go, you're a student, and then you kind of, for a long time, we sort of, kind of fell off, right? What do we do in ACB? Which, and I think next gen has filled such an important uh, role in that and filled that gap. But there are times when you don't need another committee. You don't need another thing. You, just because it doesn't exactly fit your specific situation uh, doesn't mean that you shouldn't raise your hand and participate in it. Um, you don't always have to create something new. Um, and, you know, in terms of my words of wisdom, it would be, you know, it's okay to say yes, but it's also okay to say no. I absolutely love that. And it's okay to say yes. It's okay to say no. And, you know, that, that is something I feel like we all need to hear. So thank you. Wow. This was such a powerful discussion. I have enjoyed talking with all four of you. Each of you represent a different phase of parenting and a different stage of leadership. And it's just amazing to hear all of your insights. So I want to just and by saying thank you so much for spending time with me tonight and providing our listeners with such wonderful insight on your life and, you know, just passing it on to the people that really do need to hear this. Thank you, Rebecca and Chris and Megan and Matt for just putting putting your life out there and just being bold and sharing and thank you to our listeners and join us next time for next up with next gen 
If you want to know more about ACB Next Generation and the work we are doing to empower the next generation of leaders in ACB, visit our website at acbnextgeneration.org.